Well, hello and welcome to the Chesterfield Show. I'm your host, Joshua Marsh, and yeah, it's really great to have you here for the first episode. Uh, I suppose I'd better start by explaining what it is, really. So, this podcast is all about Chesterfield. It's about the town centre, a bit of the local news that's happening, maybe some of the local events, and just chatting to people as well who love the town, have a passion for Chesterfield, and and spread a bit of positivity, really, and let you know what's going on in the area, too. I guess that brings us nicely onto the Love Chesterfield campaign, which has actually gone live and, and been launched this month in partnership between Chesterfield Borough Council and Destination Chesterfield. So, as lockdown's starting to ease, people are being asked to try and get back out there and re discover everything that's great about Chesterfield so maybe going back into the shops the cafes and restaurants and bars and whether that's kind of revisiting an old favourite that you used to go to before the pandemic I know it's a a long time ago isn't it before the pandemic I I think I've lost all memory of of back then but yeah or, or maybe you want to discover something new as well to help us shout about the town as well you can use the hashtag love Chesterfield on social media and really we just want to create that buzz again around town so it's It's a great campaign and we'd love you to get involved in any way you can and and support those local businesses. A bit later we'll also be chatting to the manager of Destination Chesterfield, Dom Stevens, about the brand new Love Chesterfield Awards which are being launched in the town. But before we do, I just want to mention a few other bits of local news also affecting the area. Firstly... Chesterfield Escape Rooms has opened to the public after the recent easing of lockdown restrictions. Chesterfield's mayor went along, uh, Councillor Glenis Falconer, to do the ribbon cutting and actually have a game in one of the escape rooms. It's just a, a really exciting new visitor attraction there in the town centre, which uh, I'm certainly looking forward to going and having a game soon, hopefully. Hopefully it'll bring a bit of that fun factor into the town centre, so uh, definitely go and check out what they're doing at Chesterfield Escape Rooms. Also, a new coffee shop's opened at the H&F store on New Beatwell Street so if you haven't been in yet maybe go and enjoy a coffee or tea there and uh, also of course you've got the vintage tea rooms recently opening up uh, a new premises on Vicar Lane maybe a chance to go and sample a bit of coffee and cake while doing your rounds in the town centre but one of the coolest stories that's caught our eye recently was that a brand new online directory has been set up to help people kind of find local shops and services a bit easier so I've had a chat with the two companies who've put that together that's S40 Local Magazine and Defi Creative, they can tell us a bit more about why they've decided to set this up and how they hope it'll improve our local shopping scene. So, uh, yeah, I'll uh, get right into that chat with Paul from S40 Local and Matt from Defi right now. So it's my absolute pleasure to be joined by Paul Chapman from S40 Local and also Matt Pritchard from Defi Creative, two brilliant local businesses here in Chesterfield. And uh, they're here to share some fantastic news about a little project they've been working on. So, yeah, many thanks for joining us, guys. Good to be here. Thanks, Josh. So I'll start with Paul, if that's all right. So if you could tell us a little bit about this new project you've been working on, I believe it's called Unhampered. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. It's one of those things that's been at the back of my mind for a long time time and kind of covid at the beginning of the lockdown pushed it to the front because you had a bit of thinking time you know very rarely do you get any time to think about your business and work on it rather than in it what struck me was to get anything like this off the ground i needed some help and i needed somebody that is technically capable of doing it so i just sent a note to defi creative who i share studio space we were at west studios and matt can perhaps tell you about the response but it fitted in very nicely so that was the first part of getting this thing off the ground yeah i think like all of us this 
time last year, we were having to sort of reassess what was going on with our own businesses, sort of having a bit of downtime enforced. And what we realised was, well, if, we, if we're struggling, lots and lots of people are going to be struggling. So we'd started talking internally at DeFi about what we could do to help if there was a project we could run that might help the other businesses and give us something to fill our time. And it was, we'd had the meeting internally and then we got this email from Paul a couple of days later and it was like, yeah, amazing. It sounds like exactly the sort of project we were wanting to work on. And yeah, it all came together from there. I think that goes to show already, like you've got an, an institution like West Studios that brings together a group of independent Chesterfield businesses. And it's those sort of connections and, and sort of co-working spaces and things like that that enable these sort of projects. So yeah, it was great. So yeah, in terms of yourselves as as, as businesses locally and kind of getting a bit of a feel for the mood around the town, did you think really this is something that a lot of the local businesses have been kind of screaming out for recently you know when you've got an idea and you're not sure whether it's got legs or not it's great when you share it with somebody and they're positive about it i talked to defi about it and then came straight back sort of prior to that i touched on the idea with quite a few of my customers because quite a few of my customers are those independent retailers and businesses in the town center although what we've got at the moment is only phase one i was talking to them about the later phases of what we're going to do but obviously you have to start somewhere and and those later phases they're all really encouraging about it we want to offer functionality where these businesses rather than just existing in direct we come together we can offer their services through the platform the only thing was it, it would have been great to have it in place six months before covid came along because you know it, it would have been up and running and people jump straight onto it but it's like any of these things isn't it as i said earlier it's not until you've got some time that you can actually do anything with it i guess following covid there's a real i think it's a consciousness amongst people isn't it now about making sure that people support local and and keep that local high street whether you're in chesterfield town center or maybe a smaller area like staveley it's keeping those high streets and those communities alive isn't it yeah i think we take chesterfield for granted i think sometimes just what a unique identity it has just how amazing all those independent businesses are with that kind of rich tapestry that makes up the sort of town that it is i'm a bit of an interloper in that sense that I'm, I live in Sheffield, but I've worked in Chesterfield for the last 13, 14 years. I've gone from knowing very little about the town to it being some place that I really, really connect with and I enjoy spending my time in. It's I go into Chesterfield Town Centre, not just when I'm at work, but in my free time, I go in there at the weekends. It is a really, really great place to be with that diversity of business is really important. So the more we can get out and support it, the better. So what, what does it actually involve then, Unhampered? What can people expect to find when they go onto the website? Like Paul's just touched on, we're currently in just in the first phase at the moment so if you land on the website today you'll find a directory of roughly i think at last count about 130 independent businesses split into nice easy to search categories so if you're kind of wondering if you're trying to find somewhere to go out for a drink or if you're trying to find a present for a relative you have nice easy sections of the website to go and search for kind of everything that the town has to offer phase two is to then extend that directory out into more sectors so we're adding a services section so if you're looking for creative services from somebody like defi or if you're looking for building contractors plumbers somewhere to take your car to be served whatever it is we're going to build out from there and then phase two the phase that we're hopeful to launch in the in the next month or so which was really where Paul's idea started and I'll kind of pass over to Paul for that because that's the really exciting part of what's to come the original idea it's been in my head a long time and the idea was was not just for directly but it was kind of a virtual shop a bit like if you could take something like I won't use the a word but it's named after a large forest if you could take that 
kind of approach to a town, but also kind of take the department store approach to the town. So effectively creating a department store, and each of those departments is one of our wonderful independent businesses. So effectively, you can arrive at the shop and you can browse it and you can buy a greetings card, you can buy a t-shirt, you can also buy a dozen organic eggs and a couple of beef burgers, but they're all from local independent businesses. And the idea I've always had is that what happens is you do that shop and just as if you're working with any other website of the larger corporations, we do a single delivery with those four items in. So it arrives as a single basket, but they're all local. So effectively, we're creating the convenience that shopping at a big supermarket gives you. But you're not shopping at a big supermarket. You're shopping at a very small group of very passionate, independent businesses. I suppose, looking at it, the director is the easy bit. Getting the shop up and running is the hard bit. And I think it's kind of different to what everybody else is doing. I think society is all about, if I place an order by 11pm tonight, I can have it at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. And Unhampered's not about that. It's almost kind of stepping back to the likes of Arkwright in his corner shop and things like that. It, it's it's the Hobie's advert. It's like, well, yeah, you can place your order with us and you can have this different basket of goods. But we won't rush with it. We'll deliver it to you on a Friday, either morning or late afternoon or evening or whatever whatever slots we come up with. But we'll kind of do one delivery run a week. So it's, it becomes something that kind of just becomes part of your routine. So rather than being something, oh, I need it, I can do this, I can order it now, it's here tomorrow. No, no, it's not about that. It's about, right, well, what do I need for this week's shop? You know, I've got memories of going out on the big shop with my mum and dad, pushing the basket around some old cinema full of, full of box goods, that type of approach. And it's kind of bringing some of that just for our independent businesses. Certainly, and I think the message is obviously when people do put their money into local businesses, the money tends to stay local as well. How important do you think that is in terms of the future of Chesterfield's economy, especially on the back of COVID? It's critical, isn't it? Having that money circulating throughout the town, seeing other businesses flourish, mean that those business owners are going to go out and use other services in the town. For people that live and work there, having that flourishing high street, having those flourishing businesses gives you so many things gives you choice to break away from big chains that sort of anonymous shopping experience it gives you competition and it's that uniqueness and that kind of variety as well it's not just great for the people that live and work in Chesterfield but it it makes Chesterfield a destination as well it makes it somewhere that people want to come and visit and I think that business community coming together is doing that I think in terms of that money circulating around as well I think Paul introduces to kind of the idea of the tale of the tenor was it through totally locally Paul? Totally locally yeah I typed a paragraph up yesterday so I'm going to read it to you it's about this tale of a tenor thing. For instance, when you eat at an independent, local independent restaurant, the chances are they purchased the veg from a local grocer. They bought it from the farm up the road. The farmer takes his van to the local garage. That garage might advertise with me and I might eat in that local restaurant. So you can imagine each time we pay our bills, that money is staying in Chesterfield. It's staying within that immediate economy. You know, I have this thing, you know, it's it's Jeff Bezos and, and the likes can afford to create projects to fly into space. It's like, well, I don't really want to help fund that, but I'd love to um, ensure that my immediate town is, is interesting, has a character and is the kind of place that my kids want to go and visit and spend some time in. So yeah, that, that tale of the tenor thing, anybody that's not watched it should head over to Totally Locally and seek that out because it, it is worth a two minute watch. Here's a chance to uh, to get all the plugs in, I guess. Uh, so uh, where do people go to find out more about Unhampered and Totally 
totally locally and of course uh, your respective businesses as well because uh, individually you both do great things for the area the unhampered website obviously you can access that directly through un-hampered.co.uk or un-hampered.co.uk we're on facebook and instagram as well so that people have got something to access because i think that's important as well not just having a website sat there for the website's sake but having a presence across those different social platforms offering something to both the business community and to shoppers and to kind of customers that are wanting to access those services. We ran a competition to win a, a 50 quid spend at an independent pub or bar of your choice. We ran that on Instagram and that got a good bit of interest and our winner chose to go and spend their 50 quid down at Junction and those sort of things we're going to try and get out on our social media more often. Things that encourage interaction and encourage a bit of that sort of community feel both on the social platforms and out in the town itself. And then hopefully, if the platform's working properly, you should be able to find out to access S40 local and uh, DeFi through that because we'll be listed on there and easy to access. Yeah, uh, it's, it's totally locally. I mean, S40 local, we have a website, um, we have social media, and it, it is just s40local.co.uk. The website is chesterfieldlocal.co.uk because obviously we've got S40 and S41 magazines on there. So, yeah, if, if anyone has got a business that's not yet on Unhampered, make sure you get in touch with Paul or Matt to get yourselves on it. Uh, thank you uh, ever so much, both of you, for joining us on uh, the first ever podcast as well. So, yeah, thank you ever so much. Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, cheers, Josh. And thanks very much again to Paul from S40 Local and Matt from Defi there for telling us about Unhampered and do make sure you check that out. Now up next on the show we're going to be speaking to Lottie Hawkins who helps run one of North Derbyshire's best loved attractions, Matlock Farm Park, uh, to hear about a brand new feature that's been installed there. Trust me, it'll keep the kids busy for hours. We also spoke about some of the fun events and special days they've got lined up there too. So here's my chat with Lottie from Matlock Farm Park. So tell us how things have been really down at the... uh, farm park because i can imagine you've been pretty busy since your reopening yeah it's been fantastic actually we've been really delighted we reopened on the 12th like uh, many businesses did and it's been really busy it's been fantastic welcoming families back um old and new faces you know a lot of people are googling more than they used during these times to see what is out there so we've been attracting new people as well and i think people are just very reassured by coming to somewhere that's a really big outdoor vast space where you can socially distance but do lots of fun activities as well so yeah we've we've been delighted with it all thanks and how much did the staff and of course those lovely animals miss actually having visitors in the park uh, throughout what's been i can imagine a, a difficult lockdown for yourselves yeah i mean you know we've been very lucky to have a real dedicated team of staff still coming in to care for the animals during the lockdown. The animals are still here, they still need being cared for, they still need feeding all the time. But yeah, a big part of of the experience for the staff is talking with the public, interacting with them, doing lots of activities like animal handling sessions and wallaby encounters and just chatting with them. So yeah, the staff are really delighted to be open again and welcoming people. And yeah, our animals, honestly, they have really missed the public. You know, they had the staff popping up now, well, every day, but not many staff uh, to see them. But when people came back to the farm park that first day, the animals just raced over. They love being with people. They love being stroked by people. Obviously, people can also hand feed the animals as they go around as well. And it's it's quite a therapeutic thing for the animals to be stroked by the public. And it's also, you know, it's it works two ways. It's therapeutic for people to stroke animals too, to pet them. 
it's a lovely thing to be able to engage with animals, isn't it? Absolutely. And obviously, I think for us as people, we're obviously quite social creatures, but are, are the animals yeah. also, are they quite social as well? And, and like you say, kind of like that interaction? Yeah, because they've been here for, for so many years, some of them especially, um, and they're really used to people. So for suddenly everybody to have gone, apart from one member of staff, maybe two members of staff up every day, it's a, such a big change for them. Yeah, animals love people, people love animals that's just the way it is isn't it obviously you have been close to the public but i'm sure it's it's meant you've not stopped and i've seen some of the the photos of some of the things that you've developed over the last few months and over the last year just tell us a, a little bit about what you've done to improve the park during that time you've been off and not been able to invite people in well, it's obviously been a, a difficult time financially for us as well, not having any income coming in um, because the visitors obviously couldn't come. But we can um, the opportunity to try and improve things for the public so that really they'll have a great surprise when, when they came back. So it's all about reinvesting at the farm park. That's what we've done for years. Make it better for the animals, better for the public. One of the most exciting things we have now is our new jumping pillow which is actually the UK's largest jumping pillow. It's a big inflatable. It's essentially like the base of a bouncy castle stretched across a field. Children just bounce and bounce on it. They're literally jumping with joy, I can't tell you. They take the shoes off, they're bouncing on there. Obviously we have restricted numbers on there, but it's all included in the price. So that's been super. That just runs in dry weather. So when it's wet, it's obviously slippery. So uh, we, we can't open it at that point. But uh, yeah, it's been open so much. It's, it's gone down really well. And then and there's lots of other things like newly tarmac paths everywhere that really improves accessibility for wheelchair users and, and for pushchairs too. We have our new pony ride paddock. People that love our pony rides at weekends may remember that it can sometimes get muddy and the ponies were really you know, having to pull the legs up getting the kids along but now it's an all rubber surface in there so it's, it's super. Something brilliant which has just been great since we've reopened is our new outdoor purpose-built animal handling area. So that now has a cover over it. Lovely little picket fence all the way around astroturf in there so the animal handling with all our, our little bunnies and guinea pigs we've got some tiny cade lambs in there as well chicks tortoises we can do that in all weather now it was a bit more restrictive last year before we had the cover and we've also got um dining areas now outside which are covered and heated as well which is fantastic for those cooler days i mean in terms of the rest of the summer you've got a really packed schedule of different themes and different days haven't you just yeah. tell us about some of the things you've got coming up because you know i'm quite excited looking at some of these well everything will be on our, our website which is matlockfarmpark.co.uk and our facebook page we've got instagram and we've got twitter as well we've just done uh, the snow sisters which anna and elsa came up and did a lovely meet and greet with people but we also have a superhero weekend coming up three of your favorite superheroes coming on the late may bank holiday weekend we've got other events coming up like the bird of prey day we've got the big bubble man coming back which is just fantastic a chap that comes along creates the most massive bubbles children can get up close to them some of the bubbles are the size of cars uh, it's just glorious seeing you know, huge bubbles in a vast open space. And of course, we have our Peak District Highland Games, which is our showcase event. And we host that every year. Last year, we didn't because of COVID. We, we just had a, a, a lower scale um strongman day but the peak district highland games day is really one for the calendar it's on 29th of august uh, but your tickets can get those online and it's essentially all the country's leading strongmen coming together and just competing in the most 
fantastic showcase of the event. So we've got tossing of the caber, there's the eight-ton track to pull, the log press where they're lifting it above the head, the dinny stone challenge where they're lifting up one in each hand, these huge, huge stones, um, which are like some legendary status from up in Scotland from many, many years ago. And they have to hold those for as long as possible. So you can imagine the veins pulsating on the neck and everything. And um, But it's, it, we have a full uh, MC commentating on it throughout the day. We've got stalls, games. There's a tug of war for the kids. We'll have a beer tent there as well. It's such a fantastic day out. It really is. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend anybody to look more into that and have a great day out with us there. And of course, all year round, you've got these wonderful animals. What's that like, being surrounded by all, all these wonderful animals and this, this wildlife? I mean, fortunate enough to live in Derbyshire, of course, we are quite lucky to be surrounded by this wildlife, but especially at the farm park for you, it must be a real joy to work there. Honestly, there's no better job. And this time of year, spring, early summer, is just my absolute favourite. We have all the young kids being born. And we're having those births and, and getting in there to help if, if we need to. Um, we've got the lambs being born. We also take on cade lambs from neighbouring farms where the mothers can't feed them for various reasons and that they need to be bottle fed. So we take those on board as well. And usually we'll be doing that with the public. It's a lovely event, but we, obviously we can't do that at the moment. But yeah, our animals are just fantastic. So, you know, sometimes I'll be in the office, sometimes I'm in the shop or outside dealing with the public. But every opportunity to go around and be able to just stroke those animals and see that they're all right, it's just lovely. It really is. All our staff just adore the animals. They are the centre of Matlock Farm Park. It's all about the animals, basically. <laughs> and what about your kind of location as well, based in kind of the Chesterfield, North Derbyshire area? Because you're surrounded by all of that natural beauty anyway, it almost makes yeah. sense to kind of have the farm park where it is, doesn't it, in a way? And what do you kind of yeah. love about the area as a whole? Well, we're just absolutely blessed. It is gorgeous countryside around here. The views when you come here are stunning. Um, looking across farmland and there's wood woodland and you can see towards Ryber Castle I think it is it's just glorious and you know we're lucky enough to still be close enough to Matlock and to Chesterfield obviously and other surrounding towns and villages so people can get here quite easily but yeah I mean Chesterfield it's great isn't it it's a thriving market town it's going to be having all this development at some point you know we're just waiting for that and it's blessed with having the lovely rural location as well and for those who might not have yet visited you um, where can they find out about all of this activity you've got going off or if they want to perhaps come and um, plan a visit uh, where where do they go to to find out all that so on our website, which is matlockfarmpark.co.uk, as I said, we have our Facebook page as well, um, Instagram, Twitter. You can always email us to info at matlockfarmpark.co.uk. We're always happy to respond to you, to any queries that you have. Uh, give us a call. We do now have an online booking system as well, so you'll see that on the, on the website. People can still buy tickets on the door. Just love having new faces here. It's fantastic for us. It's fantastic for the animals. And we just want to keep improving the farm park so that the animals have an even better time here and the public have an even better day out as time goes on. Thanks again there to Lottie for speaking to us and there's loads coming up around Chesterfield over the next few weeks. So of course the market days are now back with the flea market, Chesterfield Auto Jumble, the record fair and of course the monthly artisan market so there's plenty of chances to go and get yourself a bargain in town. Uh, Chesterfield theatres are starting to open back up as well and they've got a few cinema screenings and also a few plays starting to happen so go and check out what they've got coming up on the Chesterfield Theatres website. There's also some outdoor cinema events 
event starting to take place as well. So uh, fingers crossed the weather stays nice for them. And uh, one of them's taking place at the Technique Stadium at the end of June. They've got the Greatest Showman on one night and uh, also a Grease sing-along. So a great chance to go and let off a bit of steam and uh, sing to your heart's content there. And yeah, fingers crossed the, the sun's out because I can imagine that'll be a lovely night. Of course, you can go and find out more about those at chesterfield.co.uk forward slash events. There's also plenty happening over half term, so make sure you check out the half term guide, which is also over on the same website, chesterfield.co.uk. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's one event happening later on this year, which brings together the best of Chesterfield's business community and celebrates a town, and that's called the Love Chesterfield Awards, and it's in association with entire facilities management. I've been joined by Dom Stevens, manager of Destination Chesterfield, to tell us more about it. Yeah, great to be here, Josh. Um, yeah, we're really excited about the new Love Chesterfield Awards. It's a combination of the um, Old High Street Awards and the Food and Drink Awards, bringing them together into one big celebration of everything positive that happens around the high streets and cultural activity in the town, but also celebrating the, the regeneration, the apprenticeships and skills, things that happen as well. So it's really, really exciting. We're a team are really looking forward to doing it. Lots and lots of people have been nominating, um, and we're just, just at the stage where we're starting to look at the applications and start the judging process. And despite the pandemic, there has been so much to celebrate, hasn't there, as well recently in the town? Yeah, yeah, it's been really, really good. And I mean, you look at the last year across regeneration, um, many of the sites that were talked about for many, many years sprung into life. So the office block down at Waterside, the housing at Waterside, the new enterprise centre, the public realm works in front of um, Elderway, plus some new businesses coming in and some relocations into the town centre as well. And But it, it is so important that we continue to support town centre businesses, the high street businesses, those independent businesses that really, really rely on our support, but also what makes Chesterfield such a distinctive town. And of course, you mentioned there that previously it was two different ceremonies featuring the high street and then also the food and drink sectors. So why did you decide to come to the decision to actually merge them together? I think what we wanted to do was get sort of an overall representation of all the great things that happened in the town. Both those award ceremonies were amazing and amazing businesses were celebrated, but there were also some businesses that were left out of the process or um, there was duplication in the process as well. So we, we thought by bringing them both together, we could involve more businesses, a broader range of businesses that support that high street areas of the town, because it's not just about food and drink. It's not just about retail. There's, there's other businesses doing amazing things that we need to celebrate as well that make each of those areas really, really special. So on to the actual ceremony itself and and how the awards are kind of dished out how does the judging process work for it okay so we open nominations um early in may so on 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 some of the categories the public have been nominating away of what their favorites the team then look at that and then there's a process of looking into awards that they've got their, their websites their activity and then for the sort of the food and drink and the retail categories there's a mystery visit mystery shopping period that happens over the next few months and then we'll announce the finalists in the summer so it's a, it's quite a, a long process but it's, it's a real fair process and we try and pick out all the different things that can make a business great but that also includes the public say awards that they may have won and other metrics that we use to do that and then there's some other categories which are done through an application form which businesses will supply their information and then a judging panel will have a look at those and put forward a shortlist and then a finalist will be selected so it's a complex process but we try and make it as 
fair as possible that we can because it's really important it's independent you know the team at Destination Chesterfield aren't the decision makers in this there's a number of stages that get us to the winners each year and of course at the actual ceremony itself it's always great to see such a a widespread kind of representation of of new businesses and old businesses that some of them have been trading in the town for hundreds of years It's, it's great to see the kind of business community if you like come together in one place yeah I think that's one of the the, the great things since we started doing the awards back with the first food and drink award it's about bringing that business community together celebrating it having fun celebrating those that have been in the town for a long time but it's also those new businesses that are coming along and i don't know you've attended some of the award ceremonies in the past as well and it's it's actually a really emotional night for the businesses that are there and the winners and it means a lot to them because it's ultimately the public and their service that's deciding who wins these awards so yeah we're really looking forward to running the new Love Chesterfield Awards ceremony hopefully we'll be at the winding wheel with this and it'll be in person and we'll be able to do something special to celebrate our town and support it off the back of the Covid pandemic and I suppose it works twofold because obviously the ceremony is there to support local business but also the ceremony wouldn't be possible without the support of local businesses in terms of sponsoring different categories and things like that just how important is it that business businesses are still getting behind it as well. It's really, really important and obviously the Destination Chesterfield ethos is is a partnership approach to promoting the town and the, the, the support of the businesses that come on as partners for the awards mean that these events can happen without that financial support and commitment it wouldn't happen and it's great we've got new headline sponsor this year with Entire FM coming on and it, it's brilliant and we're grateful for their support and all the other category sponsors that are, are taking part and there's still a few opportunities available so we'd, we'd love to talk to anybody who can get involved and, and, and support these things. The more people that get involved, the more we can do with the awards and then more we can do with the marketing and the promotion around the awards, which helps support the town and promote the town and generate more business. So what's the kind of timeline going forward now and, and how can people find out more about the awards if, if they want to maybe get involved or, yeah, just get a little bit more information? So the timeline now is, um, as I say, nominations are sort of closing very, very shortly from when this conversation will be released. But judging happens over two or three months. The finalists will be announced in, in the summer. So please, when you do see that, share it share it out on your social media, shout about it, talk about it, talk about the businesses that are involved. And then the awards ceremony then happens in October. We'll be celebrating everything then and, and, the, and the information will go out off the back of that. If people want to do get involved, find out more, it's chesterfield.co.uk, love Chester. Chesterfield Awards and you know obviously anybody at the Destination Chesterfield team would be happy to talk to you about it about how you can get involved or find out more information about the awards ceremony. Well thanks ever so much for coming on today Dom it's been really great to have you and uh, all the best with organising it I'm sure there's plenty of work uh, in the near future to get done. (laughs) Yeah yeah it's always a hard work behind the scenes so but yeah it's it's always worth it at the end to see those um, smiling faces taking those awards home so yeah thank you for your time today. And as Don mentioned there, you can keep up with all the announcements and the awards ceremony at chesterfield.co.uk forward slash lovechesterfieldawards. Last but certainly not least on the show, we're speaking to one of Chesterfield's brilliant market traders, Steph Mannion, who runs Steph Sustainable Stuff, which is helping people do their shopping in a more environmentally friendly way. Steph's a real character, and I'm glad she was able to take some time out of her busy day on the market to come and speak to us. So here's Steph. How are you, Steph? All right? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? 
yeah, not too bad, not too bad. A little bit cloudy outside. We could do with a bit of that sunshine back, but <laughs> fingers crossed ah, we'll get it we soon. Just, couldn't we just? You're saying you don't stand on the market. It's really cold when you stood in it. Oh, I can imagine as well under the covers. Uh, if, you, if you see market traders, when you're walking around the town, if you see market traders stood in a line looking like meerkats, you'll know that they're just out for a little bit of warmth. <laughs> Getting the sunbathing in, definitely. That's right, <laughs> definitely. So how have things been then? since the market like kind of fully reopened to, to the non-essential retailers as well. Has, has there been much of a buzz there? It's been absolutely tremendous. Working throughout the lockdown was really, really tough. The weather, which we've had the coldest winter for a few years, the wettest winter for a few years, and none of like what I call my market family were there. So to have everyone back, there's a real buzz in the town. Even from the few days before when the market staff were getting all the stalls back out, out of storage. I got quite emotional about it. The market's really important to this town and uh, it's important to me as well. To have everybody back is absolutely awesome. And you mentioned there your your market family. Is that is there that real sense yeah. of camaraderie then between yourself and your fellow traders on the market? There is, and that's like part of it. I this might sound a bit blase. I do do this to earn a living, but it's never always been about the money. I'm on a bit of a mission, I suppose, without wanting to sound evangelical. And it is the people, it's the community. All the traders on that market are all self-employed. So, you know, they're really hardworking people, so you've got that in common anyway. Everyone is really supportive of each other. I couldn't have got as far as I have today without the help and support, you know, of my fellow traders. So tell us a little bit about your business in particular then, because I think yours is quite special and, and if I don't say so myself, almost quite forward-thinking as well in a way. I started out with uh, one box of handicraft stuff and I've always been a bit of a... I don't really like the term eco-warrior, but I've always been climate-conscious so I had a few little bits. My uh, my toilet bombs sell really well. I got some little jars of them and, and I got, got some soap nuts that I'd made some bags for and it's kind of expanded a bit. There was always this huge question, should I go down like the zero waste stall or should I just stick to making everything? I still make things. I still make the beeswax wraps. Started doing selling food where people can bring their own containers. So you've got no packaging. You just using what you've already got. Now, some people will go out and buy brand new containers and they'll all be matching. I've got one guy who was having a clear out, found a roll of freezer bags in his kitchen drawer. You know, we've all got a drawer, haven't we, that's got stuff. It's a junk drawer. I reckon I've got about three of those. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, Beck. You and me both, Judge. So he brings them. He has some stuffed in his pocket. You know what you blokes are like. You don't want a shopping bag. But then he's got a carrier bag and he fills it up, you know. That works for him, whereas a lot of the ladies will bring the nice posh containers. I do sometimes get container envy. Mine's usually jars at home that have been used for several other things. I started out with washing up liquid, laundry liquid, and a hand wash. And that was it. And the first, it took me six months to sell my first 20 litres of washing up liquid. I now sell about 40 litres a week. Wow, so it's really grown then. Yeah, it 
has a bit, yeah. And it just shows that there's a demand for it. Been here for three years now, and I'm still getting new customers saying, oh, this is great, I really want to cut down on my plastic. And of course, in the last three years, awareness has come on so much. At first, I was that weird woman on the little market, and a lot of people hadn't heard of the things I sell. And now people say, oh, have you got such and such? Yeah, and oh, this is the, somebody told me the other week, these wax wraps are the, the latest thing, because they've got them in Aldi now, and I've been making them and selling them for three years. But if you've bought a bees wax wrap in Chesterfield or North Derbyshire, it's probably one of mine. So is it kind of younger people or older people that, that come and visit the store, or is it a mixture? Do you know, I have an amazing cross-section of customers. I've got some really old people, and I've got some really young people. What I'm really pleased is that I have some quite Quite young children come with their parents to the store and they're like, oh yeah, we've got a sister. Uh, I do some home deliveries as well. I've got one young man who I've been to visit his mum today and he's like, oh mum, Steph's here. So it's becoming part of their habit and that's how they do their shopping. So it's, it's good for the future, I think. Why Chesterfield then? And, and what is it you, you love so much about the town and, and working in the town as well? I'm a Chesterfield girl. Born and bred. I love Chesterfield. I think we take it for granted. I've been having, I was having a conversation the other week with my friend Simon Davison in the Cheese Factors. And I said, you know that thing up the end of the road? There's only one of those in the world. You know, there's more twisted spires and there's more leaning spires, but there's only one of them. I think we take it for granted, but wherever you go in the world, people have heard of Chesterfield because they've heard of the Crooked Spire. The thing with Chesterfield, um, it, not an original quote, one of my friends once said to me, Chesterfield is big enough that there's always something happening and small enough that you can always bump into someone you know. When I'm walking around the town with my partner who's from Nottingham and I'm constantly bumping into people who I know and she says, how <laughs> yeah. can you possibly know all of these people? It's like it's almost like you've, you've set them up to try and prove to me how popular you are, but that's just the type <laughs> of town it is, isn't it? But it is, and people do talk. You know, and I have people come and they come to look around the town centre. I've got a few people recently who are moving to Chesterfield. They all say, everyone's really friendly. So who won't want to live somewhere that's really friendly and work somewhere that's really friendly? You were recently recognised as well, weren't you, as a, the market trader of the year. So to go from, as you say, well, such small, yeah. small beginnings to, to being, well, classed as the best market trader there is in the town. Like How, yeah. did, how did that feel to, to win that award? I was absolutely overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed to be shortlisted. Thanks to coronavirus, I missed out on a posh dinner, but hey-ho, I have a glass of wine at home. Obviously, this year as yeah. well, it's the, the Love Chesterfield Awards launching for the first time. Are you hoping to retain your title this time around and hopefully get a posh dinner when we're back in, in person again at the winding wheel? Well, I'm kind of in two minds, Josh. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. But then I think, well, I've had my turn. Maybe I should let somebody else have their turn. But really, it's down to the customers. You know, the way these awards work is that it's online. There's a way of doing it where you don't have to be on social media. But it's the customers who write in and nominate you for these awards. It's nothing I've done. Obviously, I'm doing something right. But it is all my lovely customers. So where can people find out more about you? Is it just a case of, you know, coming up to the stall or do you have a bit of an online presence as well? Well, you can come to the store. Saturdays we do get queues, although that's, that's the 
been really interesting. During the lockdown, I had quite long queues. But since we've come back, if there's a queue, people can now go and walk around and look at someone else's stall, which is um, is wonderful. I'm not under pressure. They get to do something other than watch me pump washing up liquid. It's, yes, brilliant. They can come and talk to me. I'm there on Thursdays and Saturdays. Thursdays, I'm opposite Boots on the bottom row of the main market. Saturdays, I'm in right in the middle of the little market on New Square. That's kind of my market home. That's where I've started. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. But just one more from me, Steph, if that's all right. So obviously the market in Chesterfield, it's been an institution in the town dating back to, I think, the 11th century. And for you, how important is that to you that you're now a part of that history as well? It's amazing. And the fact that I can add something different to the market and hopefully bring people to the market who haven't necessarily been market shoppers before. The council has some consultants working for them at the moment, looking how they can improve the market offer to get customers coming back. Shopping habits have changed phenomenally, but the popularity of the specialist markets, like the artisan market, we're heading for a very exciting future on Chesterfield Market. Thank you ever so so much, Steph, for uh, for joining That's us uh, right. this afternoon. I'll let you get back to uh, trading and seeing your lovely customers. Thanks again to Steph there. She's so lovely and, of course, doing great things for people, looking to be a bit more environmentally friendly. So next time you're in town, it's well worth going to pop along to see her and all the other brilliant traders on the market because they provide an excellent service and, and there's some really good products you can get at such a bargain. It's always worth going down to have a look. And that's it for now. Remember, though, you can always find out more about what's happening in town and the Love Chesterfield campaign by going to chesterfield.co.uk forward slash Love Chesterfield or, of course, by following the Chesterfield Chesterfield UK Facebook and Twitter pages and we'd love to see you post on social of course next time you're enjoying something in and around town or seeing something that catches your eye remember to include that hashtag love Chesterfield and yeah let's try and just spread a bit of positivity for the local area and thanks again of course to all the guests that have taken part in the very first episode of the podcast and thanks to you for listening as well so make sure you look out for our next episode at the end of June until then take care